Praise the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. How many of you know that anointing does not flow sideways? Anointing does not flow sideways. It flows vertically, not horizontally. So anointing does not leave one to an equal. The anointing flows down. I don't know who I was talking to yesterday. Yesterday, the previous day, I'm not too sure of the person I was talking to. But I said something that there is a level you walk with God that you become a stranger to yourself. You become what? A stranger to yourself because there are things you hear, things you talk about, things that you see that you are not too sure if you are the one seeing them or somebody is showing them to you. There are levels of revelation when they come and you talk about them, you don't even know whether you are the one talking. We were having a brief discussion yesterday morning in the house and when I finished, I asked mommy if she had written anything down. I found myself saying some strange things. Listen to me, friends. Everyone who is born again has a ministry. Tell somebody for me. But every ministry must be nurtured in a ministry. And when your ministry is being nurtured in a ministry, your ministry is not the same as the ministry that is nurturing you. But when you get confused to think that you have a ministry, and so you and the person in the ministry where you are are equal, then you are, you are nose diving. You are what? You cannot be blessed. I don't know who I spoke with about four days ago and I said every evangelist needs a pastor. If you're an evangelist, you must have an assembly where you have a pastor who talks to you and feeds you and gets you ready to go. So if you are misled by an evangelistic calling, to not have a church, you are in for trouble. If God says start a church, He is saying get a pastor to be in charge of that church, but you cannot run it. And when we talk to you about some of these things, you get confused and angry, and you are the one helping me to grow fat because when you get angry, I increase. Are you listening to me? We didn't start this work yesterday. We've been in the thing for a very long time. 
very very long time there are things we have seen you have not seen it's it's not eloquence it is not bold face it is in depth i said this with all humility i've gone very far i've gone what very far you may not know it <laughs> your eyes will not see The reason why you won't catch up with me is that I'm still working. I'm still what? When you are asleep, I'm awake. I have to my credit this night two hours, 45 minutes. And you slept about six hours. And you think it will still be the same? No. When will I stop? When I die. So, the ministry that God has given to you must be nurtured. When I attend an interview to enter the... Oh, are you still standing? Yeah, be standing. Thank you. To enter the Living Faith Church in Nigeria, they asked me for the word God gave me, I told them. And I did now said, why do you think you must be here? Because what you say God told you is not for you inside a church. So why are you here? So I gave them the vision of the founder of the ministry and what he said God told him and what I heard God talk to me about and I said, my ministry must be nurtured in this ministry. And all through the time I served in that ministry, I served in that ministry, in my ministry. Not one day mentioning the name of my ministry. Not once. You know, a friend, a pastor who took one of my books one day, and then he saw something in, at the back somewhere, and he said, what is it? I said, that's my ministry. He said, why don't you know about it? You don't have to know. You don't have to know. You want to know my ministry? Know me. Amen. This church is a gathering of ministers. But many ministers are dying here because they are the minister. You understand my grammar? I don't know much English. But I know they want you to confuse you. Amen. God is faithful. This morning, by the privilege of the Lord, I want to share something very brief with you. Um, I believe God to help you. We passed the age of festivals into the age of reality where the festivals of old must speak to us. The festivals of old must do what? Speak to us. Some years ago, we called this day Palm Sunday, and so we must eat Abenkwai. You know Abenkwai? Yeah. Palm Nassim. And then we went to church with palm branches. The pastor asked you, where, where is your... I, I just said I was laughing. I said, this man, you want to bring Zoom Lion here? Because by the time they go, we will need Zoom Lion to come and clear this place. 
But you should get to a point where the palm branch is inside you. So you come with the palm branch. And you manifest what the palm branch stands for. So the festival must now become a way of life that you exude, you exude, you radiate to be a blessing to other people. God is here. I said God is here. I said God is here. I said God is here. And he's blessing us today in the name of Jesus Christ. I was doing a search yesterday night and then I went to look for something in this, my Bible, which was given to me the 13th of April, 2013. So I just picked that one. I said, this is the Bible I must use today. Today is 14th. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Now it was given to me on the 13th, and, and it's, it's very, very important to me. Very important to me. So I said, I will have to use this one here. Are you, are you tired? Hmm? Are you? Don't be looking at me. Oh. We are preaching together. Are you alright? It, it's been a long time I did something like this. But I feel led to do it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Alex, how are you? You're fine, eh? Good. Amen. This is a standing service, amen? Father, we give you glory and praise for today. You are worthy, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Anyone who is pregnant can sit down. Whoever is feeding baby can also sit down. Thank God no man here is pregnant. And not one of you is feeding baby. So you keep on standing. Um, when you are led by God to sit down, you can sit down. And I'll be led by God to slap you where you are sitting. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Please go and sit down. Have your seats, please. Hallelujah. Amen. We are taking a very lengthy reading. You gave me one hour? Okay. How many days are we meeting in this week? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I'm supposed to have one hour every day. So I'm using all of them today. Basse, one times five is what? One times five. Look at you. One times five. Five plus one. Glory to God. Six hours is what I have here today. When I get tired, I will sit down. When I'm hungry, 
my daughter, Pastor Rita, will give me food. I'll be eating and be talking. So that you remember this day, all the days of your life. Amen. On a day like this, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, went to Jerusalem with pomp and very significant things happened over there. Theologians have called this week the Passion Week. So from today till next Sunday when he's built to, to rise from the dead. Very special day. And let me ask somebody what the pastor said. Pick a few days within the week and fast. I don't want to say fast the whole week. But pick two days minimum. And wait on the Lord because you are expecting a touch. You are expecting what? A touch. Amen. And he will surely touch you. Mark chapter 11. Raised with him, reigning with him. But I'm talking about the journey to this theme. Yielding to heaven's demands. Yielding to what? Heaven's demands. Can we read the passage together beginning from verse 1? Take your time and read. What is it? And, 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 and KJV, okay? Let's, let's do it together. Let's go. You end on verse 11.
Amen. Praise God. Actually, we are reading up to verse 19. And we shall, we shall resume later. Jesus knew that he, it was, his time was due. And he had to go to Jerusalem to be killed. What manner of man is this? You are going to be killed. And you are going there with excitement. Going to be killed. Joyfully going to embrace death. And you come to church and somebody looks at your face. And says, look at his nose. And that alone will make you go home. They ask you why. Somebody insulted me. Are you not happy that somebody saw your twisted nose and told you about it? You should be happy. He was going to die. He had two legs. He could have run away. But he said, no. There is a demand of heaven upon my life that must be fulfilled. There's an appointment. There's a vision. I have a work to do for the Father and it must be done. And it must be done with much cheerfulness. With what? It should be from my heart. It must not be as though I was, you know, oppressed or coerced into it. But I have accepted the assignment and I'm doing that one with the entirety of my being. With all my heart. Divine visions divine appointments must be handled with joy your entire being is involved in it that is when you have begun the journey that is when you began the journey i was in a program over the weekend i would um i attended the program door Apostle Fosiapia was one ministry. And when I, I listened to him, I told my wife, I said, I'm seeing my younger days in this man. And I told her, those days are still coming back. They are what? I saw the way he was whipping them. Flogging them and I was so excited. Because people must be told the truth whether they like it or not. Some men of God will not say what God is saying for fear that people will leave the church. Is the church your property? Are you the owner of the church? You are not the owner. So say what God says you should say. And, and stop dressing messages. Hallelujah. He don't dress his message. Ezekiel said, what he told me is what I did. What he says, you say it. I listened to him with so much joy. I was excited. But above all, I was rejuvenated. The journey in the kingdom is not for children. It is for adults who are determined to go no matter what. Esther said, I go. If I perish, I perish. 
There should be a commitment to the assignment that God has given to you. A total commitment. A deadly commitment. Jesus at one time went to Judea and they almost stoned him. And yet he went there this time. And look at what you read. When he got to Jerusalem, the first point of call was, the point of call was uh, the temple. He went there. It was late. He went back. When we read down again, we discover he went there a second time. Why? There was a purpose. And I will let you understand that one in a moment. I will just run through the passage and then I will present you seven nuggets. And I will carry home. Amen. All the seven came in here while the worship was going on. Glory to God. So Jesus went to a place called Bethphage. That was close to Bethany. It used to be his place. That's where Mary and Martha and Lazarus came from. And he has accommodation there so you could go there anytime. It was close to Jerusalem, about an hour walk, not drive. And he went there and he sent his disciples go to the next village. The one that you see over there. When you go in there, you will find a young ass. One that no man has ever used. He was embarking on a serious divine assignment. And he called for holy, pure instruments to use. So this ass had never been used. And he said, go and untie it. When you go, you are going to be confronted. They will ask you, why are you untying the ass? Don't argue, just tell them that the Lord has need of this. And do you know that this, this, this ass, this ass situation has become the ministry of many, many people for deliverance. Lose him. Lose him. Lose him. You, you know, I, I'm sorry, but the issue about deliverance is when I go there now, some of you will be angry to punch me. But Scriptures cannot be defeated. Hmm? You are either in the light or you are in darkness. There is no middle way. No buffer zone. You, you, you are either here or there. No fence sitting. So when you are born again, this is what he did for you. It is in Colossians chapter 1. Don't go, don't go there. Just listen. Verses 13 and 14. He delivered us from the powers of what? Darkness. He set us free and did not leave us in the region of the devil. But he translated us. He took us away. 
he repositioned us. If what Christ did is not enough, then you will think of deliverance. Delivering from who? Who is holding you down? My people go into captivity for lack of knowledge. When he delivered you, he told you, you are in a new kingdom. There are the set rules and the way of life. The word of God is your strength. Eat this word. As you keep on eating, the light in you will keep on glowing. And the enemy has no business coming your way. So all this one that after teaching here, you carry yourself and go to a place and that they may see things for you, tells me you're not born again. You know what? And there are many of them like that in this place now. They are not born again. They are born against. You are delivered. You've been delivered already. You don't need deliverance. When you are in confusion, it's the word of God that directs your course. When you are weak, it's the word that strengthens you. When you are in despair, the word of God makes you stand up. When he speaks to you, there's a power in the word that makes you rise. <coughs> Hallelujah. Let me end there before I import Hermit. You know Hermit? One day I spoke on deliverance. Deliverance ministry. And I said, there is no ministry called deliverance ministry. And one man of God was very angry with me. That was in Nigeria. <clears throat> so when we closed, he came to me. And he said, Pastor Fosu, you've been talking these things in secret. Now you have come to the public. I asked him, who told you I spoke in secret? There is no secret for a child of God. You speak in the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, and the demons that operate around. Anywhere you speak, you are in public. It's like social media. There's no hiding place. So he said, um, what are you talking about delivering? I said, just now, I got you delivered. Just now. He asked me, what, what, what did you say? I said, I, just now, I told you now that I was never speaking in privacy. I was speaking in public. You didn't know it. Now that I have told you, you have been delivered. No, all these years, even till last year when we went to Nigeria, Bako was still fighting me on this issue of deliverance. I remember on the 8th of May. On the 8th of May, 1993, no, 94. This man, we were standing somewhere. We had gone to help a brother, a pastor, for the nation. We were on break. So we stood outside and we were just chatting. And a little girl ran out of her house. And he said, can you see? That's a demon going there. I said, can you imagine yourself? This girl may be, may be, chasing, may be chased by somebody from inside there. In fact, we shall see somebody coming out. A woman came out, running after this guy. I said, which one of them is a demon now? 
The one that is going, the one that is running after, which one is a demon? That you, you go about everywhere trying to sniff, sit, but there's a demon here, there's a demon here, there's a demon here. <laughs> one man of God went to Edipo's house and he started looking around. Hey, my friend, stop it. There's no demon here. If there is one, you brought him. Say, sit down. The man just sat down. <laughs> Praise God. When you are confident of who you are and what Christ has done in your life, there is nothing that makes you lose control over your life. That you discard your vision and sit down in this potency and be crying. Jesus had once been threatened and he went again. And he told them, go and say this. Why was he so confident? He's confident because his word carries what? Wait. If anybody should ask you, tell them the Lord has need of it. And they will let you take it. What kind of strange word is that? And one man of God, should I call him that way? In one of the very big um, churches in, the, in this country, in actual at that time, one professor like that, he was... Um, the chairman of the of the church and he preached at their headquarters on this and said there was that what Jesus said was a password to the owner that Jesus and the owner had agreed I will send somebody when the person comes and you question him he will say the Lord has need of it when he says there you know it's from me he stood on the pulpit and he was talking like that. When he finished, one of my spiritual fathers I have introduced him to here, Dr. Amwa, went to him and said, Prof, you lied. The man said, what do you mean? I said, you lied. What you said there was an abomination. It would be, it would be very good for you to go back and tell them that what you said was wrong. So are you saying that Jesus hasn't got that power to see beyond what your eyes are seeing? He said, Prof, you've made me so sad today. I'm disappointed that I'm a member of this church. He confronted the man with, 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 with what word should I use? Audacity. Thank you. If I teach in church and I'm wrong, come and tell me I'm wrong. Let me go back and sit down and examine what I said. Don't carry that one home because you're the only one that heard it. Some other people heard it. So come and tell me I'm wrong. Let me search and see if I'm wrong. I'll come and say it. The man was too big to come and correct it. That Jesus was into one back, back house, back, 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 Bayangari, Bayangari, out of town backyard talk I'm going to send somebody to you when the person comes you, for you to be sure ask the person why are you doing this and if he says this what, what, how can you bring your Jesus so low 
And that is what we keep on doing. We question everything that he has said. We rationalize these things with our little mind and the little that we learned in school. You went, to, uh, you were taught some philosophy. For what? For just three years at the university. Philosophy, three years, four years. And then you come out to challenge the word of God and say it's not logical. But who told you that God is logical? Is he in the same plane with you? No. Everything about God does not follow logic. There's no logic there. That's why your mind cannot take it. So your spirit takes it. It's not your mind. So stop using your brain to understand what we say here. Because what we are saying things don't even know. I didn't come here with all those seven points I'm going to. Yeah, in my Bible, I wrote them here. As the worship was going, I was writing. And then you want to use logic. Premise one, premise two. Conclusion. You are lost. Which premise are you talking about? The fundamental premise is wrong. You are not born again. Because you are not born again, you don't have any other premise to work on. No foundation. You lack locus to talk about the matter. You are not qualified to talk about this word. No. Why? The words I speak to you, they are what? Spirit. I brought down man's issue here because many, many, many people are misled by academic attainments. Academic. That you wear glasses like this and you put it on your nose and you think you all knowledge in this world, they are inside your brain. This is your small brain. To understand God, you are too small. Tell somebody for me. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus waited for them to bring the ass. And when he brought the ass, he sat on it. But before he did, people used their clothes to you know, dress, decorate, make the place a bit uh, comfortable for him. And then they spread their garments for the goat. And what is the name of that man? The ass to walk on it. The what? Ass. The ass. And the ass felt very important. Here I come. The messianic ass. Have you seen any ass that walk on human clothes before? Here I come. See how they are clapping and shouting hallelujah for me. Ass. Who is shouting hallelujah to the ass? That I meet you and your car has an inscription. I belong to Jesus. It's on your car. But you, your lifestyle, your utterances will not show that you belong to Jesus. One day, on the 2nd of January, 1994, I had been asked to go on transfer from my station to Lagos to headquarters. So I was in a bus going. And then I saw some cars and I was reading the things on those cars. And then suddenly the Holy Ghost spoke to me. He said, those are the voices of the vehicles. I said, ah. 
So I, I went, I picked something, I began to write some of the inscriptions. And he said, those are the voices of the vehicles, not the people who are inside. And it became a study for me for a long time. And I preached on that one in Lokoja. The born again artifacts. Born again what? Artifacts. You have a big cross around your neck, but you don't carry cross. One big cross like this. Yet you don't leave the cross. One big Bible that you need your son or your, your daughter or your wife to carry to church. When they are coming, they are sweating because this is a big volume that the Bible is saying that I am the word of God. But the owner I don't, doesn't have the word of God. He carries Bible. He does not carry the word. What are you carrying? There must be sincerity in our walk. Don't let us behave like an ignorant ass. Thinking that he's the one they are hailing. So you are a pastor and church members, you preach and they begin to say, ah, that was powerful, sir. That was very powerful. I have not had it like that before. Look for somewhere in your office in a corner and then fold yourself like there's one animal that, that coils around himself like that and begin to give thanks to God because it never came from you. It never did what? It never came from you. The ass was excited. But when they go to Jerusalem, ask me where, what happened to the ass? What happened to the ass? One of the gospels says that Jesus said, the Lord has need of it and it shall be returned to you. It will be brought back to you very soon. So when he got to Jerusalem, they sent the ass back to his level. If you don't know who has made you glorious, a day will come when you may be sent back to your base. When the glory left Samson, he didn't know. And he said, I will go as a time. And he had, he sustained great injuries. Great what? Injuries, shame and reproach. Until he came to himself and asked God to restore him. But he was so ashamed that he didn't ask for restoration to leave. He said, just restore my grace up again and let me avenge my enemies. And of course, that was a sermon. He was the reason why he was called. He was called to free the Philistines. So let me finish my assignment. And the Bible says that day when he pulled down the columns of that place of meeting, the people that died were more than the ones he had killed before. That means they were in their thousands. Because one day he used the jawbone of an of an ass and killed thousands. So always acknowledge that you are just an instrument in the hand of God. And if anybody should be praised, it's not you. It is him. As we are going to remind ourselves 
of what Jesus did, we must also note the state in which he was before he went for that thing. And when you read Philippians chapter 2 verse 5 down, it will tell you the state in which he was before he got to that place. He made himself of no what? He assumed the form of a man. That of a servant. He walked on the path of humility and obedience. Even unto death. He said, an accursed death. Wherefore, God also has highly exalted him. And given him a name that is above every name. It didn't come by accident. I want us to go through this week with some level of soberness and great reflection to examine ourselves and see the state in which we are so that we will sit down and make sure that we are appropriating the benefits of what Jesus did for us. In a full dimension. Not one, one day, then ten days. One step forward, three backwards. No. Hallelujah. They shouted Hosanna. Hosanna talks about salvation. Save us. Hosanna. And the song that the pastor led us to sing was a song I was singing to myself in the night. Two words. Hosanna. Hallelujah. Those two words, they carry some spiritual weight. When you go into those words, your atmosphere is sanitized. You invoke the presence of God. When you are shouting hallelujah to yourself, Pastor Teddy went back to UK and said, there's one thing that he got when he came here, he will never lose it. He said he sat down with me, and when we sat for about an hour, I will say hallelujah maybe about how many times? And he was asking himself, why is this man saying hallelujah, hallelujah like that? They are dangerous keys <laughs> that silence the devil. Usana in the highest. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And the atmosphere is changing. Hallelujah to Jesus. Hallelujah. And Satan begins to shake. Hallelujah. The, the place begins to get choked. So choked. So dense for him. When some unwholesome heaviness comes upon you, don't pray. Or you'll be talking nonsense. You'll be asking God unnecessary questions. Oh Lord, I just finished two days fasting. Why am I heavy? Why must you ask God? Ask yourself, what have I put inside me that's making me heavy? Why go to ask God now? 
So begin to sanitize your environment and sanitize your heart. Hallelujah. Hosanna. That is what they proclaim there. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, these words had been used before. Before any time the, 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 the Jews in the diaspora were coming in for the festivals, they, they did these things to welcome them. But here, they, are, they were talking about a messianic move. The dawn of a messianic day. Talking about Jesus as the Messiah. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. The coming kingdom of our father David. Because the Messiah should come from the root of David. They were welcoming him. But their motive was not the same. The kind of Messiah they were talking about was different from what Christ was. This is the man we'll be waiting for. He will deal with these Romans. Overthrow them so we have our freedom. When they watched him and the man was not doing that, they provoked him. He didn't do anything. What, was he, what, what, what is this? Let's kill him. So the same people who said hallelujah and Hosanna unto him, they now said crucify him. Kill him. Kill him. He is a disappointment. Kill him. And you have been saying that one. That they said Hosanna and said kill him. And you have been saying Hosanna and kill him. Kill him. He tells you do this. He said no. You have a prompt a leading in your spirit. From the Holy Ghost. To sow a seed. And then you say no. Very soon, the next one week or two weeks, schools will be resuming. And I have four children in school. I'm going to pay God in case you don't know. This one, I'm paying 3500 That one is 2002 This one has gone higher. His own has reduced. I'm paying one eight, And this one died. God, oh yeah, add. Just add. You don't need calculator. So just tell me how much is it. And you know my allowance. My salary. And you also know. The bank and the house. Whatever is there you know. You know that I don't have. One eighth of that money. How can I give you this one. Let me keep it. And add to it. I'll keep on adding. As you bless me. I'll be adding. I'll be adding. When I pay those ones. Then I will attend to you. You know what you are saying? Kill this God. He is not able to provide for me. He said he's a provider, but he cannot provide. I have to fight for myself. I have to struggle for myself. So I have to do about 10 jobs. God said, I didn't say you must die in 10 years. I beg you. Leave this job. Just do one and depend on me. He said, no way. No way. Man must work. And if we are going to work, then we must work. Killing him. You can't trust him. 
same people. What was their problem? They never understood what they were saying. But Jesus understood his mission. He knew where he was going. He knew what he should do. And nobody was going to confuse him. The prayer he prayed, that day when, um, I think last year or so, when um, Prophet uh, Adam said something on this, I sat in my seat and I laughed. I said, I thank God that at least I'm getting somebody who has seen what I saw. I love that man because there are many things I said before that many saw me as a heretic. But I've heard him saying those things. I sit down and I laugh. I get excited. If you don't know, don't question my late sister never understood what baptism of the Holy Ghost was and what tongue speaking was all about. But she was busy criticizing. On the 3rd of February, 2005, no, 1995, she came to me and said, there are some people in some schools behind where we, we live. She used to be in, uh, at uh, Joseph. You just pass there. What kind of thing is this? His brother, the pastor, had come. So he came, she came to find out from brother pastor. A stamp that will make her believe that what they were doing was wrong. So I, I, I said, how can you assess and criticize something you don't know? On the 10th of that month, I was going to pray for Ajua, the daughter. So I gave her scriptures and I said, you go and read. When I come, I'll talk to you. She went and read. Went there, prayed for the girl, and we're singing, thank you, Lord. And Sunday, Holy Ghost told me, let her kneel down. Oh, yeah. Bo. <laughs> and I lay hands on her. And I cast out. <laughs> Those contrary forces that were making her doubt truth. And then suddenly she began to speak in tongues. And for the next one and a half hours, she was talking in tongues. She had prepared some jollof for us, so we just settled ourselves to minister to the jollof. While she was busy rolling and talking. When we finished, we gathered ourselves and we left. That was Saturday. The next day, Sunday, she went to preach somewhere. And there's uh, Madame Pat. And he now quiet. And the message is a different crowd. He now quiet. And he now quiet. And he now quiet. That thing we have been condemning. We hate it. That time in Methodist Church, you, didn't, you talk about speaking in tongues. 
Methodist Church. Um, this one. No, don't talk about Catholic. The other one. No. No, Baptist. Talk about Holy Ghost, they will carry you and throw you out. And there are many of them like that. Catholic Church, you will go to Rome. They will carry you to Rome to be tutored. Your mind, you are crazy. Something must be something. But thank God, now everywhere, the name of the Lord is glorified. Everywhere. 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 The first time I saw this watch, watchman, what? Charismatic. No, they are from the Catholic Church. I saw them. And I saw them blowing tongues like that. I saw them in 1990 in Nazareth. And I asked them, where are you guys coming from? They said, Catholic. I said, where's your rosary? Rosary has gone on leave. So what is there now? Tongues. Holy Ghost. And I said, God, you are just wonderful. And I saw my powerful Methodist pastors. Now he's I said, Tell somebody you cannot be the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Jesus went to the temple. We are told it was night. He didn't do anything. He went back. And then he went again to the temple. The next day, in verse 15. And when he got there, some guys were very busy doing business in church. Why are you here? Because you bought a new dress that you want people to see or you've got a new shoe. Why are you here? Everybody is going to church so I must also go to church. Why are you here? The pastor knows me. If I don't come now, he will call and then begin to ask me one answer. Okay, may I just go? May I go for him? Why are you here? There's one girl here that, uh, you know, sends sensation through my body. I need to see her. Why are you here? A lot of bachelors are in that church. The Lord will help me to get one. Why are you here? My business is going down. I want prayer. Why are you here? My friend invited me. Why are you here? All those people who are here for reasons outside that of God and his kingdom, they are in the same category with these ones who are selling in the temple. You know where they were selling? They were selling in the portion of the temple where Gentiles could worship from. The Gentiles caught 
That was where they were doing this business. So they were defrauding the Gentiles and they were denying them the freedom and the peace to serve God. And these people were not poor, but the items they were selling were what poor people used for sacrifice, the dubs. The poor people bought those ones for their sacrifices. So inside church, they were squeezing them. They were doing business. And many of us come to church to do business. To do what? Business. There is one reason, one motive. Something that will bring some reserve, I mean some returns to us. That is the motivation that makes us come to church. So this one week, begin to examine yourself. Do you go to church because of people? Because of some gains? Because you must come here to feel good? I like the way they sing and dance. The way they worship in this church. Let me just go there. But every time they are worshiping, whatever they are saying, that's what I'm telling to you. You now begin to hold your own. You, you, you carry your hands up like this and allow some goose pimples on your body and you make your, your, your face like one angel that just misses Mark. And small time you start crying. After all the crying, nothing entered your heart. Why did you come here? You came to do business. To get worship free of charge. To get praise time free of charge. To dance free of charge. Why are you here? They were in the temple every day except for Sabbath day. Even that day they were there. But I, I don't know if they sold. But they were always selling. Making money. After service. They will count their offerings. Their own, the one they got. And then lift their hands unto God and say, thank you for making the temple available. Let's examine ourselves and ask ourselves why we are here. I followed one girl to scripture union. In secondary school. The girl said, if I wanted to be her friend, I must come attend scripture. And I said, no problem. Is it not to go to scripture union? So I joined them. It was because of that girl. Anytime she didn't go, I didn't go. I was a businessman. Let me tell you, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. One day we went to play football. Went to play Kumasi Polytechnic. And we didn't have a goalkeeper, so I had, I had to be in the post. Me on the field, I could play any position. I played both left and right, so I, I could be anywhere. So I entered the post. I want to look at the field. No grass. So I told my friend, I said, hey, Oga, get me some Ogogoro. Let me, let me engage a lawyer to help me. 
So when we're in the bar, school bus going and they were singing, I didn't, I didn't open my mouth. So somebody said, hey, Kwachi, are you not singing? My friend told them, he said, when he's going for goalkeeping like that, he doesn't talk. I was very serious in the, in the bus. We got there. They were awarded penalty. I called my friend and said, come here. I'm catching this ball. I'm catching it. He said, don't wound yourself. I said, when I get wounded, you will treat me. I must show to them a goalkeeper. They didn't know what was inside me. That was pushing me. So I stood. They kicked the ball. And before they knew I was there. I caught it. But they didn't know that I had bruises everywhere. <laughs> oh, glory to God. But because of the one that was at work in me, I didn't feel it until I got home. <laughs> when the effect waned, then I saw that I needed a doctor. When the Spirit of God is at work in you and he possesses you, there is nothing you cannot do. So death was looking at Jesus, but he was full of the Holy Ghost. Death could not frighten him. Satan could not do anything. And the prayer he prayed that was making reference to, that is what the uh, prophet talked about. Jesus prayed a prayer. He said, let this cup pass by me. The Jews had tried to kill him at several times. And if he had died any kind of death, Outside the one on the cross, it will have been vanity upon vanity. And all he prayed, I'm ready. Make sure that it is what you have agreed upon. He agonized. His body was responding to fear. But his spirit consumed him to go forth. One thing he feared was to have died through stoning. One day they took him to the mount, I mean the cliff, and wanted to push him down. But he turned and walked through them. Were they blind? No. He had refused to die. So he walked through them and went away. You can walk through your enemies and get to where you are going. Because your time is not up. Nobody has a right to terminate your life. And nobody can kill you. Nothing can stop you from becoming what God has said you are going to be. If you take the steps that Jesus took. Today people look at you and they say you are down. Let them laugh. Because very soon. They will see you somewhere. Malachi said. My enemies. When I fall. Don't laugh at me. Don't rejoice. Because I'm going to do what? I'm going to arise. I'll get up. And I'll get to where I'm going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Jesus went and did what God ordained him to do. But let me mention these things to you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Is my one hour up? It's up already. That's what I told you now. Okay, I'll be fast. I'll be fast. Yielding to heaven's demands. That is fulfilling prophecy. Whatever God has said about you, you must fulfill it. It says you are, you are the head and not the tail. Let it work it out. Do what? Work it out. God was not joking when he said so. When you go to Genesis 49, when Jacob blessed his children, and you go to say three of the Deuteronomy, when Moses blessed them, all those blessings that were mentioned over there, they belong to us. And so you appropriate them. The first thing is to dare the devil. Dare what? The devil. Tell the devil, no matter what you do, I'll get there. No matter what you do, this work must be done. In John chapter 11, verse 7 to 10, Jesus was about to go to Judea and they cautioned him. The other time they were about to stone you and you want to go there. And he says, we have two seasons, night and day. Either walks in the day has no fear to stumble. The one that walks in the night. So while it is yet day, I must go ahead. Now he dared the devil. Where was the devil? In the words that were spoken by his own disciples. They wanted to stone you and you want to go there again. You failed once. It didn't work. And you are taking a fresh step. And they said you are going to fail. So don't even start. So for you to start the journey, you dare the devil and tell him you can do your worst. You can do what? I'm going there. I'm making it. I'm passing these exams with excellence. This business is going to speak very soon. No matter what you do, the business will speak. Dare him. Because every time you want to move, he will go to your history. And bring many things up. In your family, check your family. Your father's line, your mother's line, nobody has ever succeeded. How can you be different? Hmm? Don't start, you are already a failure. Don't what? And you tell them, just watch me. I, I like that one. Watch who? Me. Why? Satan does not know that you are not your mother and your mother's line that you are not your father that you are a different a different species altogether that when you got born again you came into God's own family you are a different person it says you are a new creation completely new you had never existed before until that time and so you have a different destiny and you are going to attain your destiny no matter who failed So dare him. Jesus dared the devil. As soon as God introduced him, this my beloved son, he went to the wilderness to go and face Satan and tell Satan, I'm killing you now before you start. 
And Satan came out with the same trick he used on Adam and Eve. That he used on David, the king. He brought the same. That's what he uses against everybody. And Jesus dealt with him in that wilderness and came out. So anytime Satan made, made noise, he laughed. And the scripture said, he said, the prince of this world is coming. But he has nothing in me. He has what? Nothing. We should be able to say that Satan has nothing in us. You know why we can say that one? Jesus lives on our inside. Even when we make mistakes, we have a way out to go. Satan can never put you down. Hey, are you hearing me? Never. So number one, you must dare the devil. I said John 11 verses 7 to 10. Number two, understand and pursue the prophecy or your vision. Understand the vision and pursue it. Know what you have been sent to do or what heaven demands of you and be ready to pursue it. Jesus knew it. In John 13, the Bible says that Jesus knew that his time had come. He knew that he was about to go to the Father. And he knew that there were things he had to impart to his own. He took water to wash their feet. And when Peter said, you will not wash my feet, he said, then you have no part in me. No part. So there was something he was imparting to them because he knew it was time for him to go. He knew it was time for him to go, so he came up with the communion. It says in Luke chapter 22 and verse 22, it said, it said, we said, he had been anxiously waiting for that moment to have that feast with them. And when you look at that, that particular narration or presentation by, 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 by Luke, he did some things. He gave them the cup they shared. He gave them the, the body they shared. And then he took the cup. The Bible calls that one the cup. And then he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. This one is the cup. And I, we understand that among the Jews, the Judaists, that cup, which they call the Messiah's cup, is turned anytime they are having the Passover. It's turned. So they have the, the cup for Abraham, the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, three cups. They use that one. But that of the Messiah... He had not come as far as they know he hadn't come. And yet he came from the Jews. It was in their midst. But till today, you have several of them who have not yet understood who he was and yet to embrace him. So in their Passover feast, they still have that cup turned. But on that day, before he died, he lifted that cup and he said, this cup. Everybody said, this cup. This cup. No other cup but this one. I have been waiting for this moment. He knew where he was going. He knew what he was supposed to do. He knew the dangers and the risk ahead. But he kept on going. 
So understand your assignment, understand your potential, and be determined to pursue it to the end. What is God talking to you about? Understand it. And pursue it. Number three. Be sensitive to locate appropriate divine provisions. Be sensitive. Sensitive in your spirit to be able to locate and properly use divine provisions. The Bible says the commandments of God are not grievous. Where is that scripture? First John. Where is it? The commandments of God are not grievous. Just when you check, you get it. Tell me. God will always make provision. Abraham understood it. The son said, this is firewood. The light is here. Everything is here. What about the animal that we are going to use sacrifice? And then he said, the Lord himself shall provide. And he was sensitive enough to hear the voice of God. Abraham don't touch that boy. He said, look into the ticket. There's a ram there. Use that one. And always God is speaking because he will not give you an assignment you cannot pursue. No. Jesus was able to go through the assignment because he had the Holy Ghost helping him. And you have the Holy Ghost inside you. Why are you trembling? Why do you think your Christian walk will end in disaster? Why are you thinking your marriage will not work? Why do you think there's no peace? Why are you saying your business will fail? Is it because you are having some hiccups here and there? No. You have the Holy Ghost. Be sensitive to know what he's saying. He will make provisions. Last week, Sunday, after service, we traveled to Swedru. My elder brother's son's wife, very long, had died and we were going for funeral. We finished everything. And then we were coming. Just after the Winneba runabout. When the rain has started. Our battery decided to go on break. He has been announcing. But we felt that we could travel with it. I mean clear some part. And then get a place where we can get help or something like that. And there, when we were trying to park off the road, it stopped. So part of the car was in the road. And it was raining. And vehicles were moving with top speed. And there was no help coming from anywhere. Victor was one that drove the car. He went off the car, tried to see if he could work anything there. No magic worked. And he was trying to stop people. Rain beat him. He got soaked to the pants. And then we sat in the car. I knew mommy was praying, but I told God that 
We need an angel. Send us an angel. And the one truck, the one they used to lift whatever, containers and, and whatever at the harbor, just stopped. Helped us. Our light was off. Everything he wanted to take us all the way to, to um, where? Yeah, Kasua. There, definitely, we'll be able to get some help, pack it somewhere, and then go. But we, the car had no light. The light had gone off. So it was a bit dangerous. We could run into his own. So I told him, no. The next filling station, you see, just put us there. He put us there. And it was a barrier. Policemen were there, parked the car. He took my sister and put her somewhere around the, um, no, this place. Crystal, what do you call that place? Fiesta Royal, whatever. And make sure she got a vehicle to Medina for her to go home. And we had to stay there for a while before we got a vehicle. A nurse had gone, taking the mother somewhere. He was coming back. A male nurse, not a female nurse. If you were a female, she won't even stop. So that men will not you know, harass her. Now, so the guy took us and brought us to the house. It was very far. And we paid him something. Now, I get my testimony is that a car could have run into that vehicle that night. But he sent help. He always sends help. But we don't see the help because we are not sensitive. We are not what? Sensitive. So be sensitive to locate the help that God sends you. Know that you and God are working together and he will not leave you alone. Hallelujah. Number four. Know that you are a divine instrument. If you are a divine instrument, then you are precious to God. You are a divine instrument. You are precious to God. When you understand that one, you will be able to say, I am what I am by who? By the grace of God. And number five, keep your heart pure and be holy. He says in Proverbs chapter 4, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of that your heart flow the issues of life, both good and negative. Keep your heart. Your heart, the Bible says that is a temple of God. So keep it. Keep your heart. Don't allow debris to fill your heart. Don't keep people in prison with unforgiveness. Don't judge people from what you see. There is no worthless person among God's children. Not one. Every child of God is a child of destiny. And it's very important to God. So place value on people. And they will become a blessing to you. You don't know who is going to help you out one day. You don't know. 
So place value on people. Whether they are children of God or not, place value on them. Keep your heart pure. Number six. Fruitfulness is demanded, so be conscious of bearing fruits. God is expecting you to be relevant at all times. The fig tree, some people have said that Jesus knew that it was not time for figs to produce. Why did he do that and curse the, the fig tree? No. The figs grow with their foliage. They're figs. When you have figs on the tree, you have a lot of leaves. A lot of it. So when Jesus saw a lot of leaves on that fig tree from afar, he said, well, there could be some figs there. He went there, it was not. It was rather the deception of the devil. He said, nobody will eat from you again. I like that one. It was in the spirit of this statement that we stop somebody's building because he stopped God's building and will stop his own. Archbishop Dahosa was invited. They, they made a mistake and invited him to a launching of a mosque. They were wanted to build mosques. They invited a bishop. He went there. When they finished everything and people were leaving, he delayed a little and walked to the foundation. And then he blew air. And he said, no block shall come upon you. <laughs> no what? No block shall come up. The one that you have now is enough. No block shall come upon you. They were building mosque at Mutala Muhammad Airport. And then he got there. And he said, They shall not worship here. They shall not what? As time went by. There was a problem between the Israelis who were building the place and, and the federal government. And the Israelites got angry. They carried the plan, carried everything, and went away. And the mosque was left there for many, many years. You have the power to stop the incursion of the devil and tell him you will not continue. In a city called Mina, one of our leaders, Joe Ibohime. You know Ibohime? Okay, you were with the son. Now, they had built one powerful mosque in Mina. They did that one by Vangelis time. Very beautiful one. <laughs> the man carried some of his men. And he said, that mosque must not be opened. And they went there. And they spoke dangerous things. And dropped some oil there. And left. That was in the night. And for years. My wife will bear testimony. Because that's where 
That's where she was. She was born and bred and battered. And she almost became a Muslim. Every time they wanted to go into that mosque, there will be fight amongst them. They will fight and not go. And it was there for several years. You have the power. You have what? The power. So somebody opens the mouth and says, you, you will not amount to anything. You have the power to send that thing back to that person. That is not wickedness. It's not wickedness. Since it is a good meal that you are sending to me, taste it. That's what it's not. It's not. It's not bad. I used to do that a lot. I, I changed. But now I'm going back to it. Because I realize that it is now in the energy and the power of the devil to enjoy peace. Peace and Satan have nothing in common. What number was that? Now, so make sure that you are going to bear fruit. Whatever your hand does, it says shall prosper. If you know that word, then you must demand. Demand it. And no Satan can stop you. I can't understand why unbelievers are making it in their business and then your own is not working. I left Legon in 79. I did some literature education here and there, but I had not written any serious exam after that one. Until one day we had uh, we were doing some course, some course in administration and um, whatever, all manner of things. They call it so many names. A professional diploma in that one. The body is in UK, and we're going for the exams. And I told my bishop, I said, uh, Oga, all these six papers. I'm going to pass all. He said, why are you telling me? I said, I'm telling you so that you also make sure you pass all. If I didn't fail as an unbeliever, I can't imagine me failing as a believer. So all of you who have been having referred papers and no manner of things, let today be the last. Hello? Let today be what? The last. Stop all these things. Or stop. Stop. I, they ask you. He said, I had only, only one paper. This one certificate they call let my people go. Hmm? I told somebody, I said, you failed physics. He said, no. I got seven. I said, ah, what are you saying? Seven, eight, nine, they are brothers. All of them are brothers. Because no institution will consider that one. So you are finished. Tell yourself, I cannot fail. You don't believe what you are saying. Can you see yourself now? Did you hear what you said? You didn't hear. In case you have been preparing to fail, please, I'm appealing to you. I'm placing a curse on anyone who wants to fail. So remove yourself from it. I'll do that one in three days time. I'm giving you three days to change your mind and your orientation. The failure is not your portion. 
when you sleep and you fall, you don't lie down there. You get up and move forward. Is there any subject that is too hard for the Holy Ghost to handle? That when they, they, somebody wants to talk about the mother, he said, my ma. Then you begin to vomit because you think he's talking about mathematics. You are so allergic to mathematics. When you hear the name, there's trouble. Ma. It's like some people, when they hear H, whether it's house or anything, they only hear H. They say IV. They will add IV. They themselves. I cannot fail. <laughs> Why? Because he expects us to bear fruits. Be relevant. You must bear fruit in your marriage. You must bear fruit in your business. Whatever thing you are doing, you must bear fruit. People should see your fruits and give glory to God. They should see something about your life and say, God is faithful. Am I two hours? You are backsliding. Your pastor is backsliding now because what he's doing is checking time. Number seven, pastor, I'm ending. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I use some time to advise you, true or false. Why do you always add that one to my time? I was counseling you. Advice free of charge. I didn't charge you anything. Showing you things about life, how you can make it. It was when I finished, I began to preach. Do my own teaching. Okay, from today, no advice. You will come for a contract in the room. <laughs> Glory to God. Number seven. Mm. Be a kingdom watcher. Be what? Jesus said, my house is programmed by God to be what? A house of prayer for all nations. It's about you have made it a den of robbers. Prayer for all nations. What kind of prayer is that? What kind of prayer is that? Prayer for all nations. You are praying for mechanics. You are praying for teachers. You are praying for nurses. You are praying for countries. Peoples in Ghana. Peoples everywhere. It's what? Intercession. Because you want to succeed. Or to claim your success. In the assignment God has given you. Then be involved in his own. His own is intercession. It's not your money. Don't ever think that you will use money to confuse God. Intercession. Did you spend 10 minutes to pray for this service before you came in here? Did you remember yesterday to lift the pastor, whoever is going to minister before the Lord and ask God for grace for that person? Did you remember to pray for members of the church? So no, nothing will hinder them from coming here. Did you pray for the person who doesn't have a, a dress? So he's tired. The same dress for three Sundays. So he says, enough. Let me stay away for one Sunday. Have you ever remembered to pray for that person? 
Have you remembered to pray for those who are looking for the fruit of the womb? For those who want wives and want husbands? What are you doing concerning those who go out there in the villages on mission assignments, preaching the gospel? Do you remember them? What do you remember? It is what you will eat. Where you will live. What you will wear. And your enemies. Your what? Perceived enemies. Oni pe biya on person mi ko yo mi ko so mi ti chamu mi ti chamu mi ti chamu mi ti chamu. Are you not mad? Is is this on madness? Mi ti chamu mi ti chamu mi ti chamu mi ti chamu. There is a compound next to our house where we live now. And they are this red, red, uh, uh, they wear this, uh, uh, on Wednesdays in particular, they do deliverance on the compound and they beat the people. They whip them last Wednesday. It, it, it they were mostly they are women. I, I don't know what's wrong with women. I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't understand. You are not helping me at all. I don't understand. Then the woman was crying, weeping. And, and, and other, other men were singing. You know they have a way of singing. That their song. Ah, it's, so, it's so captivating. And, and they will sing, raise their voice to, for their, the, the sound of their voice to swallow up the mornings and the rest of the woman, the woman they were beating. Hours. They beat them for hours because they were delivering them. Everywhere people are talking, you go there to receive prayer. You have become a prayer project. A prayer project. And everybody is laying hands on you. Those with mammy water spirit, they are laying hands on you. Those in seductive spirits, they are laying hands on you. They lay hands, they lay legs, they lay stomach, they lay everything. And they impart all manner of demons into you. And you are wondering why you are not making it. If you are planning to go anywhere for consultation after this service, you will not get there. Hello? What, what did I say? What did I say? What are you looking for? This book of the law must not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate upon it day and night. In doing so, you will be able to do what the, the thing will day inside that word. And as you do it, you will make your way prosperous, and then you have good success. This book of the law. The word of God. And you have it. The time you go for them to whip you. Can't you be talking at the word. They'll be calling the word and talking and talking. And give praise to God. And shout his name and say Lord you are faithful. I'm going forward no matter what is happening. 
the economy of Ghana may appear to be bad, but my economy is good. My economy is what good because I operate by the economy of the kingdom. What is what? What again are you looking for? Rise to your feet.